Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to homeschool.com's Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. This is episode 37, and today we are talking about memory. I know, I have to admit, mine definitely needs an upgrade, but this month, I know most of us have started back to homeschooling, and we've probably already had to help our children study for tests or other assignments, many things. But at our house, I just wanted to tell you, our kids have a difficult time studying, taking tests. Sometimes they get it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they're frustrated. I get frustrated because I don't know how to help them. And so today I am very excited about our special guests. They are here to help us understand that there is a different approach to learning and memory. And so I want to welcome Kath and Darren today. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks so much for having us. I'm glad you could join us. Darren and Kath Denholm are joining us today from South Africa, and I have to say they're pretty amazing. They've not only competed many times in the World Memory Challenge Championships, but they also work tirelessly with adults and students to help them improve their memory. Darren is the only person in the world to compete in all six World Memory Championships from 2006 to 2011, and he's considered the highest ranked competitor from Africa and the Southern Hemisphere. In fact, Darren went from a struggling student, almost failing at university, to being referred to as the memory guy. And being able to memorize a deck of playing cards in as little as 80 seconds. That's amazing. So Darren, can you and Kath share with our listeners about your journey to where you are today? Thanks again, Jamie, for having us. I think the thing for me, Jamie, was my parents didn't have enough money to send me to university. So I had to seek sponsorship. Uh, And a wonderful couple paid for me to study but they said that if I failed one subject, they would take all the funding away. So there was a huge amount of pressure on me to get through. And I actually didn't think I'd get through. So I was actually doing ski seasons in America at the end of the year, um, working day and night jobs uh, in case I failed. And I, often, I was often getting 50s on the dot. And that pressure studying eight hours over and above lectures every day and forced me to a point where I had to find a better way of studying. And it got to a point um, while I was studying or uh, traveling through Europe to Lake Tahoe uh, most of the time for ski seasons, the World Memory Champs originated in London and all these memory gurus, while I was online learning from them as a student, as I was traveling through, the, through Europe, I got to meet them. And they challenged me to say, well, why don't you compete? So the more that I learned, the more that I could apply to a point where it would take me a fraction of the time and it almost felt like I was cheating. Uh, And it's been, you know, I studied for 20 years and it turned into a full-time business just from a passion that I've had um, where the the Greek word patho, Hebrew word pasio, the word passion means to suffer. 
So it's, it hasn't been an easy thing. It's been something that has been, I would, I would say it was my greatest weakness that through many, many years of trial and error and just almost an obsession to find a better way, of, a more strategic way of approaching the wonderful topic of strategic learning uh, that, I, that I stumbled upon this crazy, nerdy world <laughs> of competitive learning, like you would have thought. Um, yeah, so that's, that's me in a nutshell. And I would never have said that I would be doing this as a living, but it's been something that has been my greatest joy in helping others conquer something that can seem so overwhelming. And um, I was working as a speech therapist in a private practice, and I was teaching kids how to memorize information. And I actually didn't even know how to remember my own middle names after quite a few. <laughs> so I felt like quite a fraud, actually. And I felt very guilty that I was teaching kids and I didn't know how to do this myself. Um, so in, I heard that in our town, it was a little coastal town in South Africa, that the memory guy was in our town and I would see his car driving around. <laughs> And I, yeah, I really wanted him, I stalked him online and I watched his videos and I really wanted him to come and talk to our practice because I, I knew it wasn't just a battle that I had. I knew other therapists didn't really, well, didn't really know what they were doing. Um, yes, so, but he was quite expensive <laughs> and I was poor and yeah, I didn't have enough money. But um, it was quite a strange meeting. A friend had set me up with another another man called Frank at a it was a church a local church meeting, and I, um, we looked you know in the crowds for Frank and he was nowhere to be seen. But the memory guy was in my group, <laughs> and that's how we met. And it was yeah so amazing because we soon got married. We fell in love, and he taught me all that he knew, and it. It really changed my life. He trained me up to compete in the um, World Memory Championships. I was six months pregnant. Wow. And I wanted to go to China. So I really just wanted to see the country. And he said, well, why don't you compete? And, you know, you just don't believe you can do it. And he trained me up. I had morning sickness at the time. So I would train for like 30 minutes a day. And I literally, it literally changed who I was, the training, like you became, I was working at a remedial school and I just became so much more, it's like gym, when you go to gym, you, you know, and my brain, I just became so much more efficient. I would finish work on time. I would be a lot, you know, just confident in my work and my colleagues would say, are you sure you finished? Why are you leaving so early? <laughs> and that's what the training did. Um, so it really changed my life and then obviously competing at the memory competition that also was quite a I mean you meet the most incredible people and one of the little well the main thing that changed my life was I sat next to a nine-year-old girl she was a Chinese girl and I watched her I observed her for the three days and she was so excited every time an event came up um, and eventually I, I had an interview with her and her English was a bit, you know, she wasn't that good at English, but I said, why do you love this so much? And she said, no, it's so much fun. <laughs> and that, that for me birthed and, you know, it really, it was, I couldn't believe that a child could enjoy work. Um, 
And she really loved it. She just, you know, she had a grin from ear to ear every time she memorized a deck of cards. Or, um, yeah, so that was my journey of realizing that actually learning can be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, wow. Both of yeah. your stories are really quite amazing. Wonderful. And then, then you got the um, memory guy himself to teach you and you could afford it. <laughs> Just a life investment though, right? <laughs> uh, so I really want to learn more about this myself. The one thing that kind of struck me is that this is something that the majority of people just don't understand, you know, this different process of learning. And so can you, can you share with us maybe why we struggle so much the average person struggles so much with learning and memory and, you know, what is the issue? What are we missing? <laughs> I think, Jamie, the, the whole kind of journey that I've been on, um, it makes sense to start at understanding why you struggle. Um, Einstein said that if you'd given him one hour to solve the world's biggest problem, he would have spent 55 minutes defining the problem and then five minutes solving it. So if, if we dive into kind of all these brain strategies and learning strategies, you, you, could, you could miss the point uh, by going into that without really, really grasping why we struggle. And I think in the little time we've got here, my hope, and my hope is that we can share a summary of this as best as we can uh, so parents can understand this, their children's navigation through school, that if they, if they can grasp where a child could get stuck, they could meet the child or his or her or the children where they're at and navigate them as, as successfully as possible through the education career or through the education. So the problem is, in many ways, there's no understanding how to process information. Um, George Miller was a Princeton professor in 1956. He wrote one of the most popular and boring papers um, called The Magical Number of 7 Plus or Minus 2. So this was published in 1956. It was wildly popular. If you struggle to sleep at night, just read the first page. It's really difficult to get through and it's long and quite monotonous. But the basic thinking is that our working memory can hold five to nine concepts, so seven plus or minus two concepts before it gets overwritten with any new information. And now with all the onslaught of information, it's now looking more like two or three. So we're not getting more, we're getting more swamped, which means a child, let's kind of make it simpler. If a child goes to a lesson, they go out, talk to friends, go to another lesson, and then they have break and then another lesson. And then they go to sport, they go home. Then that's Monday. Then Tuesday overrides Monday. By the time you get to Friday, you just stop the madness and say, tell me what you did this week. Child's going to look around and they're going to draw that little bit that they can recall. So there hasn't been a systematic process of being able to store and recall infinite amount of information. So that, yeah, I know the temptation is to go deep. I want to try and make it simple. Um, I, I want to share one example with you, Jamie. I know uh, we're doing this as a video, but, but I'm assuming just as a podcast, if somebody's listening, I will talk this through. I'm going to ethically steal this from um, a good friend of Kath and mine over the years, Dominic O'Brien. He's 
the godfather of memory globally. He's been on Oprah twice. He's in his mid-60s. And I went to a conference in the Middle East uh, with him, and we flew him out to run the first South African memory champs many years ago, and he stayed with us. And he showed this, and it kind of just summarized this world of what we're trying to do. If a parent can get this, if you can get this, everything else regarding strategic learning, at least you're going to be able to get the crux of how to direct a child. Um, so I'm going to share my screen with you, Jamie, so you can see it. And I'm going to talk it through to anyone that's listening to at least uh, share what's on my screen so you at least know what I'm, what I'm saying. You, can you see my screen? Yes. Okay, so Jamie, the next slide, I'm actually going to do this so you can't see it. Can you see that? Is the next slide, I'm going to give you one second to say how many dots are on the screen. Okay. If you go again, so on the screen, there's a number of dots. And if I do it again, Jamie, have you got a clue how many you see? Yes. Okay, how many were there? Seven. Seven. So there's seven random dots. But as soon as I do more, and now there's a, a, I can keep going back to a screen that's got many dots. I can do it over and over and over and over. And do you have any idea, Jamie, how many dots? No. Okay, so you just get more confused. I can keep doing it, and it's actually frustrating. Often if you do this in an audience, people move on their seats. It's quite uncomfortable. But if I do the next slide, Jamie, so what I just, you know, instead of giving it away so Jamie can start to think, I'll do it another half a second. And what there are, if I had to ask you, Jamie, how many dots in that group, each group? How many dots were in each group? Five in each group. Five in each group. And then you probably, so now at least what you're doing is you know that there's some form of order. So you, you've at least got some way of getting closer. So do you know how many groups there were? There were three columns and I think four rows. But that's great. So now if I had to show you, so at least now you at, you're now at your creative best when you've got a problem to solve. So parents often, or we feel often we need to get something right. No, the whole thing of learning is constantly making mistakes. But you've got a way to get better. That's what makes it even addictive. So let me show you again. Now that you know how many are in each group and you think there's three or four, have a look now. Yes. Okay, so now you've got a correction. So how many across there were? Three across and three down. Three across and three down. So now it becomes a maths problem and not a memory problem. Yes. So over there, there's nine groups of five, which is 45 dots, which quite quickly you can get to the right uh, amount. So there's 45 dots on that. It's just uh, an A4 with um, groups of five, five, 10, 15, and across. It's just some form of a pattern where that is also 45. The dots all over the place are also 45. But it doesn't matter how many times you see unorganized information, you're never going to get closer to your brain actually learning that and getting to grips with that. So this over here in organized dots, it prevents uh, people from feeling uh, hopeless, uh, almost being tired. They don't feel like they can make progress. They push away. They subconsciously procrastinate and they start to drown because they can't actually see a way out. Um, and that's, that there, if I had to summarize it, is in order for, for any child, any person to become a world-class learner, 
every memory system, every speed learning system, every strategic learning system, uh, in, uh, it basically it, it enables your brain to be structured, to be creative, and to allow you to reinforce key information in a consistent way. Um, so I know that Kat, when Kat read this last week, we were going through the prep, and she said, that sounds very academic. <laughs> but I said, if I could summarize all of this as organized, creative, consistent reinforcement of key information leads to superior academic or learning results. Um, you know, I'll say that one more time and Kat can chip in. But organized, creative, consistent reinforcement of key information leads to superior academic or learning results. So that, yeah, then all the learning systems, memory systems, enable a child or a person to be way more organized, way more creative, and allow them to reinforce information consistently so their brain actually physiologically can change shape. So memory is stored in the form of neural pathways, so you can physically retrieve information. So learning becomes a science that we can all get better at. Wow, that is that definitely makes sense. And your example with the dots really, really makes it come to life. But still, like you said, uh, can be frustrating, very frustrating. I did, I found myself with the scrambled dots just, <laughs> you know, I really wanted to know how many there were there, but it frustrated yeah. me. In all of this, I understand it, but I feel like I just don't know how to practically take that next step. You know, mm -hmm. how do I, okay, this makes sense. Um, what you said, I understand, but now what? <laughs> what yeah. can we do, you know, today and tomorrow to help ourselves and even our children learn better and more efficiently? I think that's where Kat thrives. I kind of, I've only really worked with kind of 16, 17, 18 year olds and older um, I think, Kat, you can, you know, try to bring this to a place where it makes sense. Um, so I think, um, well, I think with the younger children, Darren's um, exceptional with the teenagers and the older kids. Um, but he also realized that the older kids didn't have foundational skills like um, extracting key information. They didn't even know how to identify key information. So that was a big gap that needed to be filled. Um, but speaking as a parent, I'm working with my little boy. He's grade two now, and um, he's flying at this stuff. <laughs> but I'll tell you why. So I'll give you three practical things that I've done, and he's really doing so well at it, um, and he just loves it, which is what I saw that little girl do. Um, but the first, I'll give you three tips that I've taken. So firstly, I equipped myself with the strategies that these top world memory um, champions use. So that's what Darren trained me. So I actually did it myself, which was very helpful. And I actually, at the, at the memory champs, you learn random stuff like literally um, binary numbers, one, zero, 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 one, 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 you know, and then decks of cards. It's all useless information. So I came back. And I was like, how can I actually do something that's useful? And I did a whole lot of things. It was amazing. And it really empowered me. I did Proverbs was one. I learned about 250 Proverbs wow. and changed as a person. Um, so that's my first thing is do it yourself. 
and you then you'll become passionate at it because you'll realize that you've changed. And the next, the second thing I would say is start early with your child. Um, the earlier you can start, the better. I, my, my thing is to start as soon as they can read and write. Mm. You can start doing these things with them because their brains are so plastic at that age. He just, I mean, you teach him anything. It's like a sponge. Um, so that's the second thing. And the third thing, it's a warning. It's not easy. Yeah. It does require, it's not a quick fix. No. It requires a lot of work. I do it with him. It requires consistency. I do it with him every week. But he loves it. He looks forward to it. Mm. But you have to be consistent. You have to persevere. And it takes time. So I think a lot of my friends, we've spoken to, they say, how can we do it quickly? Yeah, they just want And, it's, and yeah. there is... There is no way to do it quickly, um, but it's so worthwhile. Yeah, so I'm actually putting Kath on the spot because I think it's so funny, Jamie, because whenever people ask me, I run workshops for parents with young kids four hours, and they're like, we want like something, just tell me something we can use. And we don't want to hold off on like practical elements, but at least this roadmap that I've shared, however you want to give it to your audience, please feel free. But I'm putting Kath on the spot. We didn't practice this, but... You know, and one of the first parts on this nine-step journey to help parents teach their child how to learn strategically is effective listening. We just assume that uh, listening, everyone knows how to do it. Listening is a learned skill. So, you know, often we think, oh, just go and you know, learn how to extract key information. Number two here is critical versus non-critical. It's teaching children. Step two is actually going into class and becoming like a detective, if the, if the teacher says all of this about the weekend and what you did, is it critical to knowing how to do well in the or not? So they learn to be detectives from an early age, so they're not overwhelmed as adults learning to disseminate uh, important versus non-important. You think that's just taught, it's not. I'm only sharing the two here. So the first one is they need to first listen. So I, I know all of these everyone can have, but Kath, do you want to give a quick story how a parent can teach their child how to listen. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> no, if you can teach us, you know, they know the knowledge. It's, it's, we've got three ourselves. So I think just the, you know, this journey of actually getting them to learn how to listen, and then they can move on to discerning critical versus non-critical. I think it has a lot to do with application as well. So um, my kids have the secrets to listening stored in their heads. But now that they're all on the fridge, they know, but it's now application. So a lot of it is application, um, which I find the hardest part. And I think having taught these courses, we've got a little genius course. My hardest thing is the application. And that's where we failed a lot of this course. We've, we've been doing it for 10 or 11 years. And my biggest thing is how can I get the teachers to apply it, the children to apply it, the parents to apply it? Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest challenge is application. It's just the consistency of it. Um, right. That's what I was just going to say. Um, in teaching my own children, I found that application happens in the consistency. And again, doing yeah. it again and again and again. But especially if you know what to do, it becomes, you know, so rewarding. Um, you know, whether you've had a good or a bad day, you know, I, I was telling Jamie before, you came in, Kat, that, you know, how often do we learn ourselves every single day? Yeah. 
we have a day off. Um, my day off is Saturday for two hours, Kath has Sunday off. But every single morning, bar the very odd day, uh, we we wake up early and spend at least an hour, hour and a half ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's business books, uh, it's proverbs, it's Bible books. It's So every single day we're applying it ourselves. And this, it is fortunately and unfortunately exactly the same as having a gym membership. Firstly, you need to know what to do, but you only get the benefit of what you do consistently with what you know. Uh, so to do and to know and not do consistently with what you know, it's the same as not to know. Um, so we live very much in, you know, just because people know how to read, somebody that knows how to read and doesn't read consistently every day has no benefits over someone that cannot read. And, and so, you know, on one side, do whatever you can do um, to teach firstly an adult how to learn, become a, like, you know, in love with learning. Uh, we don't do, our kids don't do what you say. Uh, you know, I can say whatever, but they watch me eat a pizza, they're going to eat pizza. <laughs> uh, they don't do what we say, they do what we do. Um, so if there's anything, first and foremost, as parents, let us raise the bar on our learning, uh, and then we're naturally going to be able to impart so much more to our children once we becoming more strategic and consistent in our own approach. Um, and, and then we're naturally going to be able to obviously help our own children. Absolutely. Oh, that is, that's a wonderful message in so many things, not just in learning, but in life mm-hmm. as well. You mentioned that you have a website and a course, so you could go mm-hmm. ahead and share about that. Um, so Kath has been working, it's actually only launching, we provisionally plan next February, but it's been eight years, pretty much full-time Kath, even though it's half a day and we've got kids, but so there's a little genius course where everyone can have the roadmap, you know, to see all the key elements that need to be in place. And there's also a one for adults. <laughs> so there's a roadmap for adults, which also lays out everything. You can see a summary. We love to do that just so everyone can see the full picture. Um, the course is, it's 12 weeks. It's one 40-minute lesson a week for 12 weeks, which sounds like a lot. And there's three terms. Uh, I wish we could do it in 20 minutes. Kids need a little bit every week. Um, And you've got one kind of bite at the cherry grade, three or four, even grade five, grade six and seven is a bit old for this, okay? Yes, I think um, because it is puppets. Puppets do the show. And apparently by the time they're grade five, they're a bit past puppets. Yeah. So, so my child's actually in grade two, and he's coped very well with it. Um, but it is he's he's good at reading and writing. So I think if your child battles in those areas, I would wait until they, you know, better at that. Um, yeah, and it's we our aim was to make it fun. So the puppets are they're a lot of fun, and there's a lot of humour, a lot of toilet humour. Kids love toilet humour. Um, <laughs> makes the kids laugh and but it gets the concepts across and they're able to retain the information week from week so Mm -hmm. they get a little quiz and you'll see that as the weeks progress they can remember everything that they've learned the previous weeks so my aim was that they would remember it and therefore apply it um 
Yes, so that's the little genius course. I've been teaching it to a children's home up the way, and they've really loved it. And I've taught it, I mean, to my own children, and I've taught it live at a school, a little private school up the way. And it's just wonderful to see kids' brains um, getting it. It's, yeah. And, but I think the facilitator, there's a big role of the facilitator. So the mom has to really want to do it. And she can't just let the kids, you know, get on with it. Um, it's, it's, it's because the kid's so young, the mom does need to facilitate it. Or just ask questions. They can let um, the puppets do everything. Um, but I think I've seen it where the humor would come back and it would, I'd see Kat year after year and it would be, you know, when you see the kid's reaction, it's, it's, I've often had to say, no, that's a bit too far or not, you know, but it's been year after year really pushing that humor. But 10 years ago, when Kath took everything she studied, what I did, competed, the first course, there was a, a child that was going to repeat grade three. Grade four is other schools go on critical thinking or test taking. And the principal knew Kath from doing remedial work. And she said because he was going to do the first course 10 years ago, she allowed him to go into grade four. And that was the first course we ever ran, the first adaption 10 years ago. And he got 88% average and was top of grade four. Wow. <laughs> so when we, we see those children now finishing school, they were uh, seven ages of their matric finishing school now. So we've seen this long journey um, of adapting it in a way that the puppets do a much better job than Kat or me or anyone sitting and, or any parent. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and normally, you know, we're finalizing the pricing, but at the moment uh, we've suggested that it's for two terms $177, but we wanted to give uh, $100 off, so $77 for the two terms. And then uh, when term three eventually comes, we're a year behind. It takes a year and a half to two years to do one 12-week course. Um, when that gets released towards the end of the year, then $20, we can make that. And then it's a complete system. There's nothing else for kids. So $97 and you've got the, you know, the roadmap. It does, unfortunately, require 40 minutes once a week for 12 weeks. You can have a little break for a week or two and then term two and term three. But it's, yeah, I, I, I wish there was a quicker, faster way, uh, but it's, the most thorough thing you can do. Uh, and if parents don't, you know, they can go a month or two or three. If it's not phenomenal, then, you know, there's a full refund. Um, you know, we, we obviously don't want anyone to, you know, we do believe we put the time and, and effort in uh, to make it. We, we wanted to do it as the, ideally the most thorough, comprehensive thing. We didn't expect it to be this long. <laughs> And then my course, Jamie, is normally at $297. And again, $97 is $200 off if parents want that. Um, and I know this sounds crazy, but 100% certainty that as an adult, three or four hours worth of normal learning more effectively in 30 minutes. Um, that's that course. So it's one hour a day for six days. Uh, to get through it took us three years to make and over a hundred thousand wow. um, dollars and and that's a summary of everything and then one hour a day for the second week around practical applications so and again they can do everything and if it doesn't it's also a hundred percent refund so that's ninety seven dollars but but that 
yeah, I, uh, that's the only product I've bought out in 20 years. Um, and that's Kat's product. So, wow. And you can call any pig if you want. We, we will be your coach, David, if you want to do it first. Oh, I, I really am interested, seriously. And you, when you said that about your course, I was like, ooh, <laughs> I'm interested. But I do have a couple questions for you. Um, on the children's course, and you said it's 40 minutes for 12 weeks. Do they need to do it every single week consecutively, no breaks for that 12 weeks? That does help, Jamie. So um, I think just the because they have to recall from week to week, it keeps it fresh. So I do recommend doing it on a weekly basis. So I'm, I'm not a homeschooler, but I've got homeschooling moms. But I think it's perfect to, a lot of my friends have just slotted it in as a, a weekly lesson. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is recommended to do it weekly. I think, yeah, it keeps the ch- child excited as well. So every week my son says, what day are we doing it on? He gets excited. And I think if you leave it longer, then it kind of, you know, you lose that momentum. That momentum. And so I know you mentioned that you had used it in that school setting and now you're seeing students graduate. Have you, for the most part, when, when you've gone through this series with, with young children, do they retain it? Do they actually apply it consistently? I think teaching, that's why we wanted to um, put it in a school. Put it, we, I think the ideal when I taught it live, a lot of the moms would phone me six months later and say, because the ch- their children thrived during it. Mm. And then six months later, the moms would phone and say, Kat, can we do it again? Because mm. the kids have, you know, they're, they're too little. And that's why we got to this point where we could get it into classrooms. So a lot of this, we've got a lot of schools in Zimbabwe. Well, we've got two or three in Zimbabwe that are doing it in the classroom. Yeah. Um, and there was one we've got in America that's doing it in the classroom. And that's, that's incredible yeah. because that's where the kids will retain it and the teachers can apply it. And so me teaching it once off, yeah. it, the application was difficult. But I think I see my son every week he is applying it and I might have to refresh it. But you've got it at your fingertips to do that. Yeah. Um, I think before so, as parents, it's hilarious because before as parents, we're like, you know, you think, you know, the parents would invest in that. Now that we're parents, we're like, oh, my goodness, 40 minutes to do this with our own kids. It's like, you know, we don't have time. Um, so it, the school program is our ultimate goal. It, you know, we priced it where it's like $5 per child for a 12. It's next to nothing. So we priced it where school, you know, but you have to have the same thing as you have to have the dedication of a CEO or a principal somebody that actually believes in it, which is unfortunately a lot of the, the barrier is if they just want to have one lesson a week and then, you know, the, the, the teacher isn't even an obstacle uh, because it's all, we've, we've set it up where it's just plug and play, follow that, the, the puppets do the teaching and the, and the workbooks and the quiz books and they get star charts. We've done it like that. So there's no room for facilitator error. But, um, yeah, that is our ultimate mission, even, you know, um, across countries, that it, that it would be something that every child, yeah, our mission is that every child learns how to learn from an early age. Um, I think from a homeschooling mom's point of view, they can, 
um, like a lot of my friends who are doing it, they, they're putting it into other subjects. So you don't, it's not just an isolated subject. So if you've learned critical and non-critical information for that week, you can now bring it into, you know, other subjects that you're teaching. So that's the aim, that it becomes part of your, your whole homeschooling journey. Well, in doing, in doing what you just said, that is application. That is how exactly. teaching the children that this is real and you can use it. Exactly. That's wonderful. It's wonderful. And Jamie, also, um, instead of buying it for all the kids, uh, you know, any family that's got as many kids in their family as, you know, we could, you can see progress per child. Um, if you get hold of Kath, you know, however you do it, we can unlock so that all the children have got it for one price. You don't have to buy for each child. So, it's, you know, we can do that as a family license so that it becomes affordable. Otherwise, you know, it's, yeah. it, that's so much easier having a family license. And then the parent can go back year after year if they want to just touch up a certain skill. Um, but back to the schools, even though this is homeschooling, is that, you know, any little area that a parent or a teacher would want to touch up on, you can go back and just work on that specific area. Um, but I think once that base is set, thankfully a parent doesn't have to do year two or year three. It actually it's set. A child knows what to do. And there's actual examples that Kath, you know, the puppets go through. So it's applying to comprehensions. It's applying to note-taking. Um, if you're going to increase retention in class between 400 and 700%, this is from Dominic, is if you doodle or, uh, in an organized way on key information, you go 400%. If you add color or imagery or some form of imagination, that goes up to 700 So teaching a child to do that, they're listening, they're stopping what they're doing, so they're listening, then they're learning to be a detective, then they know how to map out that key, so that engages them. Half the battles then won. So before even getting home, they've already got information that they can draw from because the, the groundwork has been made. This is all cat. This isn't me. I'm just drawing from what she's done. But it, it's great. Um, actually, with even my two youngest that I'm still homeschooling, one is 13 and one is 16, I've noticed that they don't take very effective notes. And so that's something that we've been working on. So this really hit home for me in just seeing how that can apply, even at their age, them being a little older. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, you know, I know from my own personal studies in school and college that notes are essential and that critical, non-critical information. So I've yeah. been struggling with how to teach them. So I really appreciate this today. Good stuff. It's so, so helpful. And I think something that I know personally, many of us struggle with. And then of course, as homeschool parents, it's a daily thing, you know, because you're trying to teach them. And if, if your foundation isn't solid and you don't understand all these essentials, then, you know, I kind of feel like <laughs> I wish I would have known this years ago with my older children. You know, I feel like I've missed something or I didn't give them some, some essential learning tools that, that they really could have used. Appreciate you joining us today and for giving us all this amazing information. I'm going to include all those links in our show notes for our listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks, Thank you, Jamie. Jamie. If I can end with this, Jamie, just to be encouraging to the parents is that the only perfection is the enemy, progress is the goal. So perfection is the enemy progress is the goal. And the only bad 
study session as the one you didn't do. So it's just getting a little bit better, a little bit more strategic because, you know, so that they're not, they don't have any guilt that there is a more effective way of doing something. Um, and yeah, thank you for your time. Thank you. Jay. Absolutely. Thank you. I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us today, but make sure that you check out our show notes for a free printable of the roadmap that Darren mentioned. And don't forget to visit Kath and Darren's website to find out more about how to improve your memory as well as your homeschool study habits. You'll also want to join us for our next podcast, where we'll be talking with Kathy Morrissey from The Character Corner. As many of our followers already know, we feel it's very important to actively train our children and help them understand that good character counts. So don't miss next week's podcast. Until then, with grace and joy, Jamie. Thank you.